hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. <laughs> what a morning. It just felt like we could just, just keep on going type thing, isn't it? It's amazing. What a, a shift. I'm just going to bring a word. I kid you not, I promise you that God gave me last week in, in worship and I was like thinking, oh, did I bring it last week? And then, and then when I was coming up to this week, I just suddenly thought, oh, of course I can just, just kind of bring it now. And then <laughs> it seems to line up so much with what's happening this morning. And so this is the word. I'll just try and kind of flow in it. So the word is, oh, so this is for, I just have to try and, and do this. So I saw, this is what I saw. I saw in the congregation, there was like some people and they were kind of glowing. Um, it was like they were being highlighted. And then I saw like, like, a, like a clock, but it was like a percentage with timer. Um, on their, above their heads. That, and it was like a sense of, of completion. So the word is called on the cusp of victory. Yeah. On the cusp of victory. And these, so I felt what God's saying is that there, there are some people here this morning, there's some people listening to this, there's some people who, who will listen to this, where you are on the cusp of victory. And you know, I saw the 98%, I saw the 99%. And, and, and God's saying that, some of you feel like you are in a valley, and that's because you are on the cusp of victory. Yeah. You are nearly there. You know that the dogs, there's a saying I heard, the dogs of doom stand at the doorway of your destiny. And, and so this morning, I felt there's three action points that, that God uh, saying. If you feel like you're in a valley, if you feel like... Things are just getting harder. There's these promises that you know are from God. The, the first one is don't be discouraged because the enemy comes, those dogs of doom, come to inhibit your doorway of destiny. The second point is keep your heart soft. The devil wants to harden your heart against God. Keep your heart soft and remember his, his promises and then step into it. If you feel like something is making you go slower, Go faster. By faith, push and press into God and, and claim home of those, hold of those promises. And then the last thing in this season is know that God is near. Sometimes it feels as if God is so far away from you, but that is not the truth. He says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He is right through there, and you are right on the cusp of victory. So keep on pressing in, and you'll see amazing things happen. Can you remember the first car you ever drove? Can you remember the first car you ever owned? It's, it's really funny, eh? Like sometimes we get like a little hatchback car. I think a lot often people's first cars or, you know, like back in my day, everyone would just get like a little thousand dollar car pretty much, you know, just buy it and like a little diesel manual or something. Just, you know, it's real funny how um, you kind of get a sense of almost identity, don't you, with... Um, with, with the cars you start to drive, and then sometimes you upgrade. You know, I've had a, a range of different cars. I've had a big, massive Volvo, uh, 2.5 liter, 
luxury thing. It was, it was actually pretty cheap. I had like a little tiny Daihatsu. And one thing I thought was really funny with cars is that, you know when you see people driving around and you're like, oh, that's so-and-so in their car. You, you see the car and you just, like whenever I see like a Kubota Ute driving around, I think, oh, there's Mel. <laughs> you know, oh no, it's not Mel. Oh, it's just <laughs> someone else. <laughs> and isn't it funny how we see the car and we see the person? So I thought this was like, unfortunately, there's not that many, but <laughs> who, who knows who, who knows who that is? Pete is, yeah, Rock Rats, great innovation there. Who, who's this? Mr. Bean. <laughs> what about? Everyone recognize that truck? I kid you not, just I'm driving around Ashburn and I see from a distance, I see that truck and I'm like, ah, oh, there's Carl. That's real funny, eh? It's kind of funny, it's like we kind of associate like that car with, with the person. <laughs> we associate the, the car with the person inside the car. But guess what? That car isn't the person, is it? That, that's ridiculous. Once a person gets outside that car, that that. Per, that that car is just like a, a shell, isn't it? Right. The real person is inside. And so that's the, that's the same with us. The world likes to define us by our car. Mm. The world wants to say, so if we're like a body, the world wants to define us and say that you are your car in the same way as like you are your body. But what God's saying this morning is that these bodies we live in is just the same as like a car that the real person inside is like inside this body. It's like really hard to kind of grasp. But your personality, your soul, your, your mind, your will, your emotions, there's that person inside, your spirit, who you are. One day, you're going to be dead. <laughs> We're all going to die, and the real us is, is going to go somewhere. We've got a real us inside. God says that man looks at the outside, man looks at the, at the car, God looks at the heart, God looks at who you are inside. Even Jesus said you can be like whitewashed tombs, you can be clean on the outside. If you just, <laughs> all you cared about was your car, but then inside you were pretty like unhealthy or broken or anything like that. Um, said you can be like whitewashed tombs, clean on the outside, but broken on the inside. So this morning, I felt that God wanted to bring home a simple truth that, I, that I, to be honest, when I felt that, that God told it to me, I was like, man, I do not think about that enough. Like, it's so simple, but I was like, what the heck? So the, the title of my message for today is Your Body his temple. Wow. See, we are like a temple. Our, our, our car, if you want to use the car analogy, we're like a building. We're like a, a vessel. We house, we house ourselves, but then when we become a Christian, we house someone else too. It's super crazy. We house the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 to 20. I'm just going to unpack this a little bit. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? 
And it says, you are not your own. It says, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I just wanted to um, rearrange it a little bit. And rearrange it to, you were bought with a price. So your body was bought with a price. So Christ purchased our redemption from sin with his own blood. So that's the first thing. We were bought with a price. So that means that we are not our own. It means that our our bodies are not our own for us to just live our lives like we want because we are purchased by the blood. We now belong to God. God has ownership over us. Therefore, because we were bought and we're not our own, that means that we are a temple of his spirit. Once we believe and trust in the salvation of God we have in Jesus Christ, we mysteriously house the Holy Spirit. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And what does this all mean to house the temple of the Holy Spirit? Is so that we can glorify God. You know that God has always desired to dwell with his people. That is like his almost as like his one desire is just to be with his people. Let's go to Genesis 1 verses 26. It says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created the Garden of Eden so he could put people inside so he, he could dwell with them. God created humanity to dwell with them and bear his image to the world. For a brief moment, there was no need for a temple structure because it was like Garden Eden was that, that temple so he could dwell with them. All of humanity lived in harmony with each other, with nature and with God. Unfortunately, the fall happened, sin, sin came into the world, and there was a separation from God, and that deep desire that God had to be with his people, to dwell with his people, suddenly couldn't be achieved because there was sin, there was a separation, there was a barrier. If we fast forward to the Exodus story, the people of Israel had been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years, disconnected from their identity as God's image bearers. As Moses led the people out of Egypt, God commanded the people to build a tabernacle. This tent structure served as a place for God to dwell with his people. In Exodus 25 verses 8, it says, Let them construct a sanctuary for me that I may dwell among them. Several hundred years later, the tent was replaced by a permanent structure that King Solomon built in Jerusalem, the temple. See, so you can see there's like this theme running throughout the Bible. God just wants to be with his people. It's like, I just want to be with people. I just want to dwell with him. Just, Just when we thought the story was coming to a tragic end because that temple didn't work out either, the big temple that, that, that God was meant to, the physical temple. Just when we thought that the story was coming to a tragic end, Jesus arrives on the scene. 
In fact, when the gospel writer, John, describes Jesus, he says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So he was, he was like fulfilling that the desire of his to dwell among his people. John goes on to record Jesus referring to his own body as a temple, saying that it will be destroyed but rebuilt in three days. It's really interesting because at Jesus' crucifixion, the curtain that shielded the inner room of the temple was torn in two. What was the significance of this event? The author of Hebrews tells us that Jesus was the perfect sacrifice that accomplished what the temple in Jerusalem never could. Through Jesus' sacrifice and victory, he made a way for God not only to dwell with his people, but for God to dwell in his people. Just going to read that one more time. Through Jesus' sacrifice and victory, he made a way for God not only to dwell with his people, but in his people. In John 14, verses 23, Jesus replied, All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. It's like an amazing truth <laughs> that we are the temple and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And you know, it's, 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 it's amazing because we're like a pretty complex temple. <laughs> we're like a pretty complex like building, a, a thing to house um, ourselves and, and the Holy Spirit. And you know, I think there's many rooms and compartments in, in our life. There's many things that have happened and very many areas in our life. And if you think, wow, if the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, why do I still feel like I have hurt or unforgiveness or, or something like that? The revelation I got is that it's actually easy for us to keep doors shut <laughs> so the Holy Spirit can come in, he can start to live with us, and we'd be like, welcome to the lounge, you know? This is my home. And he's like, oh, looking around. Oh, what's in that room? Oh, yeah, so this is my room over here. This is my, my feelings about that or something. And, da, 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 da. and then eventually he goes, oh, what's in that room down the back? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you can look in every other room, but not in that room. <laughs> and you know deep and down inside that there might be things in that room that's pretty stinky, Pretty da da da, da. And, then, and, and then guess what? Like the devil comes along and he's like, you're a filthy, stinking, yeah, you, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of that room. Everyone thinks that's gross. Oh, the Holy Spirit, God just thinks, God's, God, like, he would just think that's gross. You know, like, don't go near that room. Don't open it. Keep it in the darkness because that's the best place that it can be. <laughs> and that's most, it's like the opposite is true. And see, the, 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 the Holy Spirit is light. And what happens is all we have to do in our temple is we've got to open the door. See, God doesn't say we've got to clean up our mess. 
before we, we invite him in. He says, man, invite me into the mess and I'll bring the healing and the restoration. Just open the doors to me and I'll come in and I'll sort it all out. It's the Holy Spirit who brings power. It's the, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit who, it's kind of like the fruit of flat mating with the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, the best flatmate we could ever have. He lives in, inside of us. We need to identify ourselves as the temple of the Holy Spirit, not just like a broken building. <laughs> it says that we all once sinned. We were all once in brokenness, and then Jesus bought us. It's like he bought that house that was broken. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make that broken house into like a masterpiece. I'm going to make that broken house into like a temple. He's like, it doesn't matter how broken it is, how messed up it is, what's happened to it before. I see the value. I see the potential. Like I prophesy over that. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to use it as like an amazing temple for my purposes and for my glory. It's just absolutely amazing. Let's turn to Acts Five verses, 15 to 16. It says in verse 15, As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. So to give a little bit of context, there was a like pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon his people, and everyone is getting healed and delivered, and, and it was really crazy. And this guy, Peter, who used to just be like, he's a guy who, who, who denied Jesus, like, no, nah, don't know who he is. He's just walking along the road, and his, everyone was like, we're well, quick, get everyone out to be healed, because God's moving. And then just as he walked by, like his shadow healed some people. That's super crazy. The crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. I was like reflecting on that, and this tells me that there is a filling of the Holy Spirit that I am yet to reach. But we, if, we're, if we're not seeing that, the same is for all of us. We should continue to hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit and to invite him into every part of our lives to yield our temple to him. Imagine the life of Peter, his life so immersed and so filled with the Spirit that the presence of God radiated even into his shadow. See, it wasn't, of course, the shadow of Peter. It was because he was the temple of the Holy Spirit. It was the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not a wish or a nice thought for us to believe that he's always with us, even though that's true. No, it is the God of all gods. I mean, even I say it right now, it's just, I just can't understand it, but it's the God of all gods living inside of us. So can we imagine this morning what that would do for us that thought, 
See, God has planned out from the beginning of time that his presence will dwell with you and in you. And you can know that what he had planned out before creation is now yours. God anticipated the pleasure of living and abiding in you. And now you, by the precious Holy Spirit, can come into the glory of being in him and knowing him in all of its fullness. It is there to, to grab if we start to explore what it means to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. We get to live the life of wonder and intimacy of the indwelling of God, one with us, living in the presence. Do we realize what that really means? <laughs> Do we understand the gravity of that God has come to live inside of us. We get rearranged, our identity gets swapped, and now we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean for us this morning? I just think in some practical terms. <laughs> it means that God is near to us every morning, all the time. No more striving. And it means that he is the one who's, who's working in and through us. And we don't have to try and produce it in our own effort. We have to open ourselves and yield our car. We have to let Holy Spirit be in the driver's seat. Because <laughs> we're not our own. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, we can be mindful, we can be watchful that God is with us, he's in us. What does he want to do? What does Holy Spirit want to do this morning? We can talk to him like a friend. We can, we can talk to him. We can do life with him. We can journey with him. We can open up all those areas in our life that are hurting, that he wants to bring healing and restoration to. And we can yield ourselves as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Can I have the band up now? And my last point would be this, would be that maybe you're listening to this and you feel like, oh, maybe this God, maybe this Jesus doesn't sound too bad after all. <laughs> Like, maybe, just maybe, I could have the Holy Spirit living in me. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Or maybe you're not sure if he's really living inside of you. It's all we have to do is invite. It says that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks at our house, saying, will you let me in to your life? And all we do is just say, God, like I give you my life, I believe in you, and just invite him in, just receive him in. 
Say, come, have your way, whatever you want to do this morning. So if any of that has um, brought up anything or you, or, or you want some prayer or to be ministered or uh, you want Holy Spirit to, to um, fill you afresh this morning, I'm sure we'll have some prayer. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Jono. I love the, uh, the fact that a vehicle is a vehicle that carries us. And that green Isuzu Bighorn, I think we've had that 15 years. I don't like giving money to car salesmen. And it's nice having an old truck. You just chuck the chainsaws and shovels and gear and that in it. It doesn't matter if it gets knocked or dented. But you know, we are a vehicle for God. To carry Him. And as John O says, he knocks on the door of our heart. And will we open up our heart for him? And that's for everybody online. You know, the gospel is this, that we all sin. We fall short of, of the glory of God and our sin separates us from a holy God. But Jesus came to die on a cross to make a way so that we could be righteous and be in right relationship with him. And it's not about how good we are, it's about how good He is. He is a good, good God that loves us so much He'd die on the cross for us. And all we need to do is say, we receive you and we let you in. I know I'm a sinner, I turn away from that sin. I believe you're the Son of God, you died on the cross for me and I receive you into my life today. I open up the door and I say, Jesus, come in. Jesus, come in. We let him in. And we always say, Jesus, come into my heart. We give our hearts to Christ. And the Word of God says that we are to meditate on the Word of God day and night. We let him into our minds through the Scripture. We let him into our heart. And God is Spirit. And we allow the Holy Spirit to come into us. I... Uh, I'm always watching sermons, reading books and doing stuff like that. It's just the realm I live in. Um, and I thought it was interesting. I took some notes this week. You know, Jesus is after disciples, not followers. He's not after followers. He's after disciples. And do you know that word disciple comes from discipline? He's after disciplined people. And I think about Military, Like what happens the first thing you go into the army? They put you on a boot camp. <laughs> because they're not wanting you to find your own identity. They're wanting you to, to be formed and transformed and changed into a good soldier. And Jesus is after disciples, not followers. Disciplined followers. What's your disciplines like? In your prayer, prayer life, the reading of the Word, are you a disciplined follower of Christ? And I say that with grace because, I mean, I, I'm not that good either. I can do better. But I wrote this down. Do not conform to this world. The world is discipling. Finance gurus, leadership gurus, 
spiritual gurus? Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Where do you get your wisdom from? Are you conforming to the Word of God, the ways of God, the fellowship with the Spirit of God? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you getting wisdom and direction from the Word of God and the Spirit of God? Or are, or are you being dis... I can't even read my own writing. Let me. Are you getting your wisdom and direction from the Word of God and the Spirit of God? Or are you being discipled by the world and the world systems? Man, we can get flooded by the world system these days. Facebook, YouTube, it can just keep coming. Keep coming. It's not all of it's bad. It's just not Jesus. It's just not the Word of God. It's not the Spirit of God. It's just so much information and it's just such a battle going on for our minds. We've been changed, transformed by Jesus and be disciplined to follow us. Lord, I thank you for the word that's gone out this morning. And Lord, again, afresh, we open up our heart, we open up the door and we say, Jesus, come in. Come in and dine with us. Come in and be with us. Come in and have fellowship with us. And Lord, we give you access to every room. We allow the deep to cry out to deep. Lord, we allow you to go deeper. Deeper and deeper and deeper. We give you the most intimate place of our being. There's no condemnation in you. There's no guilt. There's no shame. We even give you what Jono calls the stinky room. Come in there, Lord. That's where we need you the most. We open that door to you today as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, uh, go and have a fantastic week. Go and connect and have coffee. And uh, we always make prayer available. So if anyone wants prayer, this is a house of prayer. So don't leave if you're wanting somebody to pray with you this morning. But go and be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Allow Him in and uh, take the good news out. Amen.